Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How are you, Patrick? I'm good. Do you know what this is? Do I know what what is? (laughs) (laughs) This show. I know what a lot of things are, but I don't know what. (laughs) Like octopuses and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) This is our 200th episode. Today? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Happy Bicentennial. Uh, yeah. Well, mostly just like, hey, we've got an audience that likes us this much. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Yeah. 200. That's a, that's a good number. Yeah. I just, you know, I was making the little file for today and type 200. It's like, good grief. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, huh, well, yeah, nothing more significant than that. Just, you know, <laughs> grateful to have an audience, you know, mm-hmm. we are. I would put something people. besides lime seltzer in my cup, maybe, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> maybe later. That, that's what tonight is for. <laughs> right. Yes. It's later here than it is for you, but still not oh, five o'clock. But that's true. Okay. True that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is always five o'clock someplace. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, is it summer there, or is it spring? What is it where you are currently? It is definitely summer. Yeah. Um, I I am sitting here, because I had to close the windows and turn off the fan, because we're podcasting, and I'm like, wow, we're already in that place where I'm hoping my computer doesn't give me the temperature warning. Like, it's getting uh-huh. hot. <laughs> We're overheating. Um, you hear the fan crank up. Yeah, yeah. Not not ever awesome. Um, it's it it really just turned the corner, I would say. We had it was still pretty I mean, I think it's been a really nice spring. Um May is all over the map for us generally. You know, sometimes it's uh-huh. pretty hot and sometimes it's just a little up and down. And this one has been, I would say, quintessentially Pennsylvania. It's been like misty and cool in the mornings, but then it gets, you know, it warms up and everything is super, super green and the flowers are popping. So um, it's, uh, yeah, but today is, it's been like yesterday was pretty warm. It's, it's been getting up to close to 80, which is, which is warm for this time of year for us. Uh, uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting. You? Uh, you have some <clears throat> summary yet? Um, I'm going to use the term schizoid. Mm, yeah. Uh, today seems to be nice enough. Uh, the last three days prior to that were definitely summer. The three days previous to that were spring. Uh, we've had rain recently, which is not something Northern California is supposed to have in May. And Let me tell you, the year that I did tour of California, it freaking poured on us like three days in a row. It was in May, poured. I mean, biblical rain. 
and uh, it snowed on the top of Mount Baldy to the point where when we descended Mount, Mount Baldy, after getting caught at the top, I'm sorry if I disturbed you here, <laughs> you might have just pushed a button. <laughs> we stood in snowflakes waiting for the pros to finish the stage so we could ride down in the snowflakes. And I think maybe I've mentioned this before, but I was so cold that I huddled, huddled behind the tailpipe of a running bus halfway down just mm. to try to warm up enough to function and get down the hill. So I'm sorry when you say that that when people when I hear people talk about May, I'm like, I every time I've been out in California in May, the weather's been crap. <laughs> sorry, but what were you saying? I, <laughs> um. <clears throat> Well, depending on what sort of weather you like, uh, you might like it here right now. Um, I just, it's like every day when I wake up, I have to check the forecast because I simply don't know what to expect. And Welcome to the East Coast. I, I mean, it's even weirder than what my experience was in Massachusetts. Uh, it was rare that you got a day that was unseasonably anything. You know, if we had an Indian summer, the Indian summer went on for two or three weeks and then ended. But we knew we were in Indian summer. We didn't get Indian summer for two days, then late fall for two days, then more. You know, it's like I just I have to look at the forecast every day and even whatever was forecast three or four days out by the time it gets here. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. I will say, and I'm not usually pedantic, but a lot of people have been sort of like saying, well, it's not, when is it going to be summer? And I know that we call Memorial Day, which was early, everyone, officially the start of summer. But the solstice is not until June 20-something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like I, I think that you, you, I don't typically expect summer weather um, until summer, until <laughs> June. <laughs> well, see, I grew up in Memphis. And oh, it's always summer in Memphis. You know, is that a song? It should be. Yeah. I mean, what I'll say is that summer's arrival date wise was fashionably late. By the time by the time Memorial Day hits the stage, the crowd is warmed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> that is that is fair. I mean, it's just a whole other yeah. yeah, it's so funny because got- when I write, I mean, I, and maybe you have this experience, too. It's funny writing about seasonal stuff because I'm so entrenched in what I consider four seasons sort of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I always have to sort of remind myself that this is a very large country and not everyone experiences four season life. Yeah, well, when you live in Northern California and you write for the rest of the country, you get reminded in a hurry if anything you're saying about seasonality is off for anyone else. And so everything I say is prefaced with a, I get it. It's probably not like that where you are. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, a lot of times this is kind of an advantage. Um but yeah, I do, I do miss, you know, that real change of seasons. We, we've got it here more than Southern California, of course. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I would like four real seasons, but I don't want what I had in Western Massachusetts, which was, you know, a really great, uh, fall 
a stupidly long winter, a nearly non-existent spring, and then a summer that may or may not pan out. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We we have that happen a cup. Yeah, it, it it's spring, summer are the are the wild cards here, I think. I would say. Uh-huh. You know, it's hard to say what exactly they'll do. And winter's just worthless. But that's you know, <laughs> one woman's opinion. <laughs> that's the thing I really envy about Europe though. I mean, you go to France, they have three seasons, or they have four seasons that each last three months. Yeah. Still? Even with the shuffling well, I, of I can't speak to right this minute. I just yeah. read a piece yesterday about how all uh, all the grape varieties in Bordeaux are going to be evolving. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. They're probably no going to lose yeah. all the Merlot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But we'll get so. something new. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Well, before I get into my poll, I must yeah. I must tell you all listeners, you really did have some opinions on oval chain rings. <laughs> I, I, I heard really? I, yes, I heard from quite a few people who had um and it's not surprising that people have strong opinions about something like that. You know, it's definitely something that the people who are into that kind of stuff would have thoughts on. But it it, it was interesting. Um most of the feedback I got conferred that indeed off-road seemed to be more advantageous um, because you get more traction on steep climbs that it, you know, like I, like I was saying, it's increasing the effective gear as you put down the power. Uh Um, But I think Neil might've said, I can't remember who said it, that he finds that the, it, it reduces the likelihood of the rear wheel breaking free. Really? Yeah. Um, that's they curious. They That's basically, really he says, the oval rings basically smooth out the power at the rear wheel. And that means better traction. So that makes sense. And it kind of echoes what I what I, my finding was once I sort of got used to that power application. I was like, okay, like, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, somebody else said that... Uh, they would be curious if the studies were done on people who were novel as opposed to experienced because people who are experienced already have such a, uh, ingrained pedal stroke, you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, not, I'm not, I'm not real sure. Um, and then somebody said that this is interesting and maybe you have a thought that one person said that you won't see them on track bikes because, uh, the required chain length varies as they rotate. But then this, another person said he loves them on his single speed mountain bike. Well, yeah. Okay. So as long as you have a derailleur. Aren't those, aren't those oranges and oranges? No, no, no. One's a Clementine. The other's an orange. Okay. Tell uh, me what, what you mean. <laughs> well, you need, uh, you need to have a rear derailleur to be able to handle that change. Uh, yeah, but you don't on a single speed mountain bike. Oh, single speed mountain bike. I'm, I just, yeah. Okay. I skipped over. Uh, okay. I mean, you would have gonna... to have the tension really down on your chain, I yes. guess. Yes. Because the effective chain off? length changes. Yeah. With the rotation of that. Um, interesting. That sounds like a floppy chain situation to me. Uh, it's risky, but I mean, also if you're using, well, I haven't looked into this. Okay. Is, is anybody doing wide, narrow, ovalized chain rings? 
I think so. I think I think that's what the wolf tooth that I have that I was actually considering putting back on my bike is. I think uh-huh. it is a wide narrow one. Yeah, because well, it's also a giant leaf catcher. <laughs> because it likes to stay, you know, because it's but it, then mm-hmm. it just collects. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So you would have to run the the chain a little bit looser. Uh, I don't think a lot looser. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. No, that's uh, that's intru- That's super interesting, especially on a single speed yeah. where you would want that. Maybe. Um, I, this is all too much for me to wrap my head around. Quite frankly. <laughs> well, I mean, the funny thing is, yeah. Uh, if you're a single speeder, then you are by nature accustomed to a certain amount of mashing. Yeah, oh, for sure. For and sure. so when is a chain ring going to do you more good than when it's ovalized? Well, that's what this guy is saying. He's like, mm-hmm. oval, narrow, wide rings for one by mountain bike are awesome, especially on single speed. Huge difference in torque on technical climbs out of the saddle. Okay, so he's got a narrow wide. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you only have one gear, make it as weird as possible, he says. I applaud that. <laughs> I endorse that. <laughs> so that's why right. that freak flag high tech lesson for the day. It is all very interesting though. And that does make mm-hmm. sense. And, it, and I did find myself going, cause I have a one by on my geared bike. Um, and of course on my single speed, but uh, I did find myself wanting to put that back on there and, and play around with it again after we talked about it. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Curious. To be continued. Hmm. Anyway, um, moving yeah. on to, to the poll, I was going to be, as people know, if they listened last week, uh, Dave and I did the Giddy Up for Good climbing challenge mm-hmm. over, over the weekend uh, that Rebecca Rush put together, which amazing. Like it, it, it got about 900 riders and raised $130,000, I think, almost. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, which which is pretty cool. Which is pretty mm. cool. There were um, there were four different elevation challenges. The biggest being the full Everest. Um, the next one down was half that. And as I mentioned before, you know, ironically with the shutdown, I'm busier than ever. <laughs> so the thought of like pouring all the logistical, psychological, emotional, mental, and yes, physical effort into a full Everest, uh, which would surely finish well after sundown and require lights, etc., was just not. Not in my cards. Um, plus, doing the half was something that Dave and I could totally do together, uh, which definitely had an appeal. Because even if we didn't stay together, and, and we didn't for most of it, we saw each other relap. We saw each other mm-hmm. all the time. And, you know, we took a couple breaks together and had beers together at our little base camp at the end of the day. So, you know, it was it was cool. It was, it was cool. We did it on Sunday, which was the best weather day here. It had rained both Friday and Saturday. Oh. So, yeah, I was not willing. Uh, that was not happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did each lap was just over six and a half miles up and down, you know, to brown chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up doing 19 laps, just under 130 miles. And yeah, 16,000 plus feet of climbing over the course of nine to 10 hours. Um, yeah. Uh I'm I'm super stoked with the hill we chose. I, like I ended up being really really happy with it. It's very very pretty. It's uh, it goes by wildflowers and running streams and wildlands and farms and 
interesting homesteads, you know, a lot of outbuildings and stuff going on. Uh-huh. Um, shady, quiet, uh, respectful cars, all the good stuff. The pavement's pretty smooth. Uh, the first stretch just undulated pretty gradually with just a couple of bumps in it. It was honestly pretty shallow. It, it actually only averaged about 3%, you know, mm. for, for the first stretch. And then you, you bang a left and it gets pretty steep and it tops out at 15%, averaging about 8%, you know, for that last stretch. And then that isn't super long. It's just steep. And then it tops out again and it undulates to the turnaround point. Um, so it was, it was, it was cool. It, 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 it broke up really perfectly. So you got all these nice little bits of recovery on the way. And the descent I found was even better because, um, because it was so long and undulating, you know, like sometimes when you descend a long time or you coast a long time and then you try to get your legs going again for another climb, your legs are like, Ooh, like we never yeah. got that because there were kickers on the way down that would just wake your legs up just enough. Oh, yes. And for Everstein challenges, all elevation counts. Mm-hmm. So that 150 feet or whatever we got on the down mm-hmm. added up, you know, to our total. Right. So even though it's it's not really bonus climbing, it kind of felt like bonus elevation, <laughs> you know, because it was. Technically. I have to say the whole thing was really odd, though. It was a very, very, very odd phenomenon. So at like one point, it was like we started at seven and it was like late morning, but maybe about five hours in, you know, close, getting close to lunch. A friend of ours rode out and he was like just spun alongside me for a stretch. How's it going? And I looked down and I was at 8,500 feet of climbing. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Normally, if I was out for a four or five hour ride on the weekend, I would think it was bananas to look down. <laughs> right. And see 8,500 feet of climbing. You would just be like, that is, that oh, is not normal. <laughs> Lord, what are we doing? Um, I mean, I think I think it's big when we hit like four or five thousand on a on a weekend ride. You know, that's well, that's, a, that's, a, that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solid day. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow it felt easier like it wasn't easy i don't want to give that impression but it definitely felt way easier to rack up the elevation that way than it would just doing a ride of that length of duration like like if i had done like another 40 mile 50 mile ride of five hours that got 8500 feet of climbing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it just and i and i i spent quite a long time like just trying to wrap my head around that and i'm not i'm not really sure why that would be except maybe it's just a mindset switch you know because on my computer i just like i knew that we were going to do a bunch of laps we thought it was going to be 17 and a half and ended up being more than that but um but i was just sort of like watching the elevation and watching the time and it was timed out so i like i had two bottles on my bike that i would you know it was each lap was almost exactly a half hour so one bottle per Mm -hmm. two laps I get four bottles in for two, you know, like, so I was just dividing the day into quarters almost and then just swap out bottles. Um, so I don't know if it was like that sort of mindset that made all of it just tick over easier than mm-hmm. if it had just been a, a big ride. But, uh, you know, it was also just like there was a little there were things that just were entertaining. Like there was a little party of day drinkers up at the top of the hill, like going real hard at 10 a.m. with some <laughs> some whiskey. 
Uh, which was funny. Like Dave actually stopped a couple times and then took a nip of whiskey with them. And I was just like, oh, oh my last lap, I'll stop. And they were all passed out by my last lap. But um, <laughs> <laughs> really? They were, yes, that? they were wearing like Deadpool pajamas and stuff. Like they were all in. Like it was early and they were, I think maybe they had had a sleepover in the yard. Like they're adult men. Like they looked like, I it was really hard to figure out what was going on. But it was it was super entertaining. Um, I, anyway, I have to give I, at the end of it. I was just like, I give super mad respect to everyone who did a full yeah. to everyone who yeah. did because uh, mentally, I mean, that has got to be. And I think mentally. It's hard, even harder than it is physically. Um, yeah, like I said, our hill was awesome for a half, but if we were going to do a full, it would have been 250 miles. And then that distance just fries you. You know, the, that distance would fry me before I would ever get to 29 or 29. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the trick. A couple of people were asking, too. Well, a couple of listeners had asked questions. So like, well, how do you like how, what's the trick to finding the hill? And I I think the sweet spot would be between six and eight percent. You know, about 7%, mm-hmm. probably, you know, just yep. steep enough that you get some gain, but not so steep that your muscles are just going to fry before you can get it done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, and definitely look at your descent. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're you don't want like a super technical descent. I mean, even on the road where you have to be because you're going to get tired and you're you're going to be in the dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're Phil Gaiman mm-hmm. or Keegan or one of these guys finishing in eight hours, you're going to be in the dark. <laughs> like that's right. that's really just the way it is when i got done i was like no freaking way like never i and of course the next day i was like well maybe with the right hill because endurance amnesia you know like i don't know I, I was super glad i did it like it was fun to get nervous and excited for a big day on the bike it was fun to plan it was fun to like uh-huh. get stuff together and fill up the car and fill up the race bag and do all this stuff um, and it, it, it sort of made me think like one of our listeners was also asking about, you know, he's struggling to put together a plan. He's like, how do you put together any kind of plan to follow? He wants to follow a plan, but he's like, there's no end point. Mm-hmm. And by nature, a training plan has an end point. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like, we talked about the Breck Epic in place thing. I think the beauty and Strava has tons of challenges in and of itself. These kind of things, the beauty of these kind of, um, challenges is they give you an inherent goal to set you know Mm -hmm. so like you have like if you need to rack up so many feet over the course of a month or so you you need you can break that down and you can be like okay i need to climb 800 feet a day you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. and then that gives you some structure so i think like for anyone who is struggling with that and likes to have structure that's that's a great it's a great way to go like this definitely like activated all those parts of my brain that have been missing being activated by mm-hmm. not having events but no question about it um and you know you can also if like if you want to work on something that i you know there are also plans i've written them like plans that make you a better climber or plans that help you work on your speed like this is also a good time to work on a specific uh skill or a specific you, you know like as po- imbalanced pedal stroke maybe well you know <laughs> that, that motivated <laughs> to do so yes I, I, I wonder if I might be able to summon that now, but please continue. <laughs> now that was really my only, that was really my only point. Like I've, I've had a lot of people sort of 
and I wrote about it this week. Like, you know, I've been kind of jonesing for some structured training too, because for a while I just, and I still really haven't put my, my computer back on my bike. Cause I've been enjoying not looking at the numbers, but I do miss the other stuff that structured training, the, the intensity and the purposefulness and, you know, like having just some sort of goals, whatever they may be. And I think that, you know, now is a good time if, if ever anyone's reaching that point, And I sense a lot of people are, is to just sign up for one of these things, sign up for mm-hmm. a Strava challenge, sign up for the Breck Epic and sign up for something. There's so many of them now. Um, and it gives you, you know, it's all like the community is virtual, of course, but it's there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are groups and whatever, and you can share your experiences and you can post them on Instagram and it is a connectivity. And um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's, it's a good way to stay motivated, keep, some sense of purpose in your pedals, if that's important to you. Um, and, and give you that sense of accomplishment of getting, getting to some goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely follow you. I, I'll have a thought to share on that shortly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not somebody who has had a big need for structure when I get on the bike because it's right. so much of that is just, recharge and reset from everything else. Uh, and so I'm always kind of amazed on those occasions where it's like, yeah, I want to go hard right now. I just let it come currently. And, uh, you know, I have my moments, um, and I, I don't know when they're going to come <laughs> and that's okay too. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I said. Like when I, when I posted the story about training, I, I heard from a lot of people who are like, um, you know, and everyone's in every different phase of, of, how they're dealing and coping and where their head's at, you know, but there were a lot of people I've raced with who were just like, I have not made myself do a single interval. I just can't do it. I'm like, that's fine. Who cares? You know, like let yourself deeply rest. I mean, maybe your head just needs to deeply rest and that's okay too. You're getting something out of that as well. Like there's many different things to be gained no matter what you need right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot to be said for just sticking with whatever you feel like, whether that's mentally or physically. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and I, like I said, I have been amazed on those occasions where it's like, no, I want to tear into this. Uh, and, you know, they, they come periodically and uh, generally I've been lucky enough that they line up with when my legs are pretty okay. It's uh, <laughs> always a good thing. They should talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes communication around these parts can be not all that great. <laughs> you know, like when I show up to a grasshopper and we hit the first climb and I watch everybody ride away. <laughs> That's never happened, especially with you in a, what was that, a gray vest uh, disappearing yeah, you, into the distance? You started that. Uh, I did, I did. Let the record pulled yes. going out 22 miles per hour telling me it was going to be an easy day. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> That was yeah, not communicating well, the goal. Um, um yeah, that that, that, w- yeah. that was an exigent circumstance, I plead. Uh. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I assume that you're not doing the dirty canceled this weekend, then the uh, you won't be doing two hundred miles by yourself somewhere. I don't think I'm ever gonna do two hundred miles again. I don't blame you. <laughs> it's so I, far. I it's, it's yeah. I don't are, blame you. Yeah, there are other things that rate a little more highly in my need to do list. I mean, that was that was, you know, every now and then I think about, oh, it'd be nice to go back and actually 
you know, finish a little quicker. Um, we have to prepare. Mm, yeah, that's very, very true. I, if yeah. I could, if I could know it was going to be a bluebird day and with the sort yeah. of course that I had the first time I went there where the surface was just, just luscious and quick, but there's no way to ensure that. So I, oh, no. I think I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to, mm, I had my turn. <laughs> Yay. Uh, yeah, check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next. I'm not big on the bucket list, but uh, I I may like pick up a pail sometime soon. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano-equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, take a pull. Yeah, well, uh, this one's going to be at roughly the same speed and everything else from your pull. We've been talking about these virtual challenges. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, yeah, last week I talked about the Breck Epic and how they're going to do the Epic in place. And we signed up. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, for anyone who's who might be interested, we do still have uh, a discount code for Paceline listeners. Um, and I am in 31st place out of 381 riders, but I'm only in 26th place out of the 50 to 55 to 59 year old men. So I have some work cut out for me. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently it's a lot of old guys leading this thing. (laughs) I, I have not even looked at, I don't even know where to find I'm, I'm off the back. But we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure you're doing just fine. Um, <laughs> so I dig the virtual challenges. I dig that they're out there. I dig some of the concepts behind them. Um, and now that I've entered one, it made me realize that I really want to have something where I can interact with my local cycling community. And then it occurred to me yesterday afternoon that Bike Monkey's Eight Hours of Wente was supposed to happen a week from Saturday, June 6th. Wow. Obviously, we aren't racing that. And because it's a scout camp, it's closed. We can't even ride there. But <laughs> we can ride Anadel. And I remembered that 
last year, a friend of mine who did uh, the Cape Epic, different mm-hmm. epic, South Africa. Mm-hmm. You've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big uh, epic. Yeah. yeah. We've done Is it. That it goes truly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she did a circuit through Annadale that encompassed every single legal trail in the park. Uh, the route was about 53 miles. It's good training. Now, I'm going to say up front because of some of the feedback I've already gotten from one social media post to friends. To be clear, Wente was going to be hundreds of people, like six, seven hundred people, very likely. And what I'm proposing locally will go out to uh, has already gone out to a bit more than 100 people. And I don't think there's any way that I'll get even half of them to be interested in this flavor of shenanigan. The flavor of shenanigan in question is to do that ride. Every legal trail in Annadale, 53 okay. miles. And, I, you know, it's, it never occurred to me until somebody said, oh, yeah, I did every legal trail in Annadale. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is that like? There's not much double tracking. But, you know, one of the interesting things is to try to plot out a course that is as short as possible with as little redundancy as mm-hmm. possible. So I'm going to be playing around a little. I won't be able to use Google Maps for that, which would be super, super handy. Uh, but I'll, Why not? Uh, because the trails don't show up on Google Maps in that oh, way. Well. You can't, or at least to my knowledge, you can't use Google Maps to plan a route through a state park like that. Uh, it's great for roads. Yeah. Uh, the unpaved huh. stuff, less so. Yeah. Uh, so... I've, you know, I've got ride with GPS, I've got Strava, so I've got some options there. I'll mm-hmm. play around with it some. The thing is, the opportunity I see is this is a chance to have some interaction with friends, many of whom, quite honestly, I haven't seen since last winter. Mm-hmm. After the mm-hmm. first lap of Winty, traditionally, <laughs> inevitably, I guess, it, you know, it breaks up into a bunch of people riding a time trial. So in that regard, having riders spaced out on the trails at Annadale will reflect that experience quite accurately, while also respecting our need to preserve social distancing. The big thing, of course, is to create an occasion to reunite some of my local community without doing anything stupid or inconsiderate. You know, I just I miss these people. And even if I just see them riding past me or passing me on some climb, whatever, that would really be pretty awesome. I'll also say that part of what's on my mind as well is just to do something where a whole bunch of us can give out, uh, give a shout out to Carlos Perez and Bike Monkey. Bike Monkey has not been able to run a single event since the Kincaid fire last fall. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. And I think a whole lot of us, just because we love how they run their events we miss showing up for a bike monkey event and what that means. Um, and you know, this is no, this is no sort of substitute, but it's a way for us to acknowledge something that has for many of us become a, a truly important part of our cycling lives. Um, I'm figuring there'll be bragging rights because of Strava, Mm -hmm. but I don't have any plans to do prizes. If we get enough takers, I'll look into asking someone to do some support for us so that we can have a way to top off our hydration packs and grab more food without 
you know, having to unlock our cars and that sort of thing, or me ride all the way back home. Uh, but I just figured, you know, this is something that could be uh, a whole lot of fun. Yes, I've never done all the trails in Annadel in a single ride. And I can't really think of a nuttier occasion to take on the challenge. And if I have some company, it'll be that much better. And I'm putting this out there because I figure this is the sort of thing that I bet a lot of other people would really enjoy. I can imagine every cycling community I've ever been a part of where going through the shelter in place, if you had something that was uh, not your traditional group ride where everybody's, you know, sitting in the draft of another rider, this could be a nice way to kind of round up your peeps and, and see folks that you wouldn't necessarily interact with doing any of the virtual challenges. That is, that is all very true. I, 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 sitting here, I wonder, I mean, if you're thinking of doing this on June 6th, mm -hmm. I, I have no idea sitting here what your community is advising or not advising at this point. Like I know we're in this zone of, it, you know, you still get shamed on social media if you ride with one other person sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. So it's uh, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to know what that would look like for us. And I don't actually think that we're in a place where I'm am still sitting in red <laughs> in Pennsylvania uh, that we could that we could do that without. Um, you know, certainly there are small groups of people who are mountain biking. For sure. I mean, that is definitely happening. But there's no way that we could ever have even 50 people uh, mm -hmm. congregate at one place, uh, even trying to keep all that other stuff. You know what, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think part of the, the wonderfulness to this is that you don't even need to start at the same time. Yeah. Just just knowing that my friends are doing the same stupid thing as me. Right. That would even be if I don't key. even see them. Right. You know, right, right. yeah, no, that would definitely I, be key. I kind of figured that I'm going to want to start this earlier than an awful lot of folks. Uh, I won't be sleeping off anything from Friday and that's not an accusation against any of my party friends. Um, <laughs> okay. Maybe it is, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you could, you could conceivably start anytime you want. Right. Right. Take any yeah. break you want, whatever, yep. just, you know, no, that let's makes do this it thing. more attainable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, certainly I don't want a string of 35 riders spaced out six feet apart, passing <laughs> a bunch of hikers. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. No, that's, you, that you is not, <laughs> you know, but I mean, any normal Saturday in Annadale, those hikers are going to get passed by a bunch of riders sooner yeah. or later. And so if we're spaced out, you know, two minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, mm -hmm. whatevs, uh, you know, I mean, sure. The more spread out we are when we start, the harder it is to try to have a beer in a parking lot with somebody, but I don't really see that as being the natural end point for this. Right. And I think that would happen incidentally as people take breaks or whatever or stop mm -hmm. or yeah. 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 I just think, you know, having something that all my local friends are familiar with and could plug mm -hmm. into, uh, 
it, it carries a little bit of meaning that some of these virtual challenges don't quite for me anyway. Yeah, um, no, I get that. Yeah. So it's a, it's another idea. And, uh, now it's out there. Other people could maybe go apply that to their, to their local circumstance. Awesome. I know. I, mean, I think that what you're speaking of is the, is the first, is what a lot of people are going to be doing as their first steps back, either officially or unofficially. You know, I mean, <laughs> we talked about that before, like, you know, the, the official rides coming back with small groups and small things and maybe time trial start, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's how this is all going to sort of slow roll back yeah. into people doing any kind of quote unquote event, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like while we're moving our way through this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, quite honestly, even if nobody else takes me up on this, it's time somebody I gave will. that ride a try. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I've got a lot of nutty. Somebody will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's how long you know, do you think it will take? What do you, what's it like an average mountain bike speed at, at, in that part of the, I think I can sustain about an eight mile per hour average over the yeah, whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I've certainly done rides in Anadol where I averaged 10 miles per hour, but I, I was pretty much pretty crippled fast. as I was going up yeah. the stairs when I got home. Um, you know, nine miles an hour is a quick day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think eight is something I can probably sustain over the course of the day. Um, and I'm thinking eight ish hours with my various stops, eight, eight right. and a half. It could right. turn into nine if I decide to take a little break at one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, for sure. Uh, those little breaks become, they, they add up. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Piling on extra, extra break time. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I'm thinking about is like, I want to get as much of the really technical descending out of the way early in the day as I mm-hmm, can. Mm-hmm, that's wise. And so, you know, that really starts, I mean, sure, I've got a route already, but I really want to look at like making this as strategically intelligent as possible. Now I've got a whole new challenge. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it's just funny. I, I love how we've gone from like, the, I'm just sort of like, sometimes I pull back. And just, you know, eagle eye the evolution of all this. Like it started as, okay, everybody, like, don't tax yourself. Like, just go, you know, this is very stressful time. Let's just don't go into the red. Everybody just ride. And now people are like, you think I can do a double Everest? You think people just like, I'm just like, you know, I mean, it's so funny. Like Ted King is is simulating a DKXL this weekend and also getting 31,000 feet of climbing in his <laughs> you're just like yeah it's uh and he's doing that in Vermont yes yeah oh, it's on baby. his uh it's on the I am Ted King website it has to check it out like holy crap I'm, dirt roads in Vermont I mean you can pick out uh 200 miles of of gravel roads in Kansas and fly through it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a thing in Vermont. I mean, all the dirt roads I know, you're not going to do anything like what you would do in a flatter year of dirty Kansas. Fair, fair. I mean, I will say, I think that having done events in both places, um, 
I have not experienced the giant chunky gravel in Vermont the same way that some of those roads in Kansas have. You know what I mean? Like, it, which they're not long stretches, but man, some of that deep gravel is my least favorite stuff. Um, yeah. But you are going to have a whole lot more climbing as evidenced by what he's doing. And it's going to be, it's just very different. You know, mm-hmm. it's just going to be steep, not super long, but super mm-hmm. steep climbs followed by steep, terrifying descents, <laughs> you know, like the D2R2 kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it could be wet because it's May, which is to say spring oh, sure. is just now arriving in Vermont. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it will be wet one way or another. It's going to be yeah. wet. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think he's doing it. I don't even know. Maybe I think this weekend. I think he's. OK. Yeah. So like because, yeah, he morning. would be because it's the dirty canceled stuff like ever like a bunch of people are doing like their. Yeah. Challenges. So, yeah, it's a sad name, but it's also kind of cute. Dirty canceled. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. clever. I, I, so. I'll give it to him for that. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, it just cracks me up. Like the first everyone was just like, okay, don't strain yourself. And now we're just like throttling ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, but let me ask you this. Don't you think it would be different if all of our local hospitals were completely overwhelmed? Yeah. I think people's head spaces would still be, would be in a different place. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, that, that is true. That is true. Okay. Now we can give ourselves a buy. <laughs> I wasn't even, I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking that. I mean, I was, I was thinking like everybody was trying to um, take care of themselves too, like not to um, tax their own immunity, even though I, I think stress is a big mental stress is a big taxing of your immunity and blowing yeah. yourself out sometimes balances that out. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I, this is no judgment. It's just pure observation of right. how like the evolution of all of us. As we roll through this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm suddenly reminded of the John, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to go full rabbit hole here. Uh, apologies in advance, everyone. Sure. Uh, the, the composer, John Cage, one of the greats of 20th century composition, he wrote a piece of music and I do mean wrote, but it's called four minutes, 33 seconds. It's dead silence. A pianist comes out, sits down at the piano and doesn't play a note for four minutes and 33 seconds. And what's really interesting thing, uh, the really interesting thing about it is that the audience goes through what is an utterly (laughs) consistent reaction to the piece, no matter who it is, where it is. At first it's dead quiet. And then you can hear some little whispers. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. And then, Mm-hmm. Suddenly you can tell there are conversations and then right before the end, people are like, Oh, it's been about four minutes. It gets dead silent again. And I got to think that, yeah, this is a phenomenon that's going to be pretty universal, you that's know, no, wherever you are. Um, yep. Yeah. Was that sufficiently uh, circuitous? It's fascinating. I, you know, you didn't uh, pull out any uh, arcane poets, um, but it was, it was still arcane. Yeah. Something equally arcane, just different. (laughs) I I respect that. That's as I still struggle through Moby Dick, but that's fine. (laughs) How is that going? Oh my God, dude. I, it makes, I like, I just, 
I feel it's making me feel bad about myself because I just like I wanted to have the same this experience that people that I know love Moby Dick are having. And now mm-hmm. I'm just like, when will this end? It's, <laughs> the, it's the same trouble I have every time I try to get through Moby Dick. But oh. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. I will get through it. It's uh, I, I will say like I appreciate I it's it's kind of how I feel about music that I don't like, but I recognize the mastery of. I mean, mm-hmm. I recognize like what an amazing piece of literature, like mm-hmm. hands down. But oh my lord, is it not my cup of tea? <laughs> <That's all. laughs> yeah, I'm working on Frank Herbert's Dune finally for the first time in my wow. life. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, never did it, and like with every page, it's like. Holy crap, this thing's amazing. Yeah. But you're enjoying it. Oh, uh, well, but <laughs> I mean, part of the reason I'm enjoying it is I'm just so impressed with how thorough his imagination right, was. Right, right, right. The depth of this. I mean, certainly yeah. he does a lot of borrowing from uh, human, you know, Homo sapiens culture, uh, stealing little bits from this language, stealing little bits from this religious tradition, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. But then, you know, it's also, there's this incredible underpinning of science and, you know, uh, uh, knowledge of climate and all sorts of things. And it's just like, holy cow. And this was only the first in a very long series. And now I'm worried that I'm going to have to tackle the whole series. Reasonable. Yeah. I'm be concerned, be very concerned. (laughs) All right. What do we say? (laughs) (laughs) Going straight back to pedestrian, a bike bag. How about that? Um, Yeah. Well, actually, it's not. It's funny how many uh, bike carrying accessory kind of stuff that have come up in my picks over this quarantine because we have to carry stuff because we're so self sufficient. Um, (laughs) This is an Apodura. Are you familiar with Apodura? They're out of England. I met them at Gravel Camp. Uh, in before the world ended this earlier this year. So <laughs> it was such an innocent time. Um, yeah, when we were out uh, testing the Chamois Hagars, uh-huh. they were there. And they okay. had, and this is new from them. Like I almost blew it and opened my mouth weeks ago, forgetting that it was embargoed. But I, I think it's out. I'm sure it's out. They don't care. Um, anyway, it's they have a, a packable series. It's on their website, so I know it's out. It so they have like this. It's almost like a dry bag backpack because it's it's uh it has that same sort of folding top that you connect. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, it's but it's super 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 light. It's like the size of my fist that it packs in on itself. Uh huh. And it's a backpack, so I put it in my pocket. Like when we do our beer run rides, I can put uh-huh. it in my jersey packet. It also has like a little Velcro attachment. If you just want to strap it to your frame, you can do that too. Uh huh. Um, and it it unravels like this big magic pouch that with like side pockets and it it's 13 liters of storage. Yeah. Which is sizable. It's waterproof. Um, it's really, really comfortable. It's got all kinds of like little storage, uh, things in it. And it's, I'm it's, it's really cute and it's got the roll top closure. So it stays, you know, stuff inside stays protected. And, uh, yeah, it's like 46 bucks and, it's really great for this kind of stuff because, like, I don't want to carry a giant thing, you know, but I like I just have it in my pocket. And if we're going to stop, I have my, you know, my face mask and all my stuff and we can just go and pack it up with stuff and ride the towpath home. 
Wow. That yeah. sounds really cool. It is cool. I, it's very cool. And it's super, um, it's really light, but it's extremely durable. Uh, it's like some ripstop fabric that is just like, it's almost like a parachute fabric. It feels oh, like, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Cause you can't have a parachute fail. Fair. Right. Yeah. Or your beer backpack. <laughs> well, yeah, that's almost as serious. That's almost as serious. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Almost as critical. Just, yeah. just checking that we're on the same, on the same mm-hmm. page. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we, an injured beer is not a thing we can allow. Especially yeah. when we're in quarantine. So oh, yeah. 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 But yeah, that's my pick. Just super simple. Like it's just a really, I think it's just a very smart design. It's got adjustable sternum straps, like everything you'd expect from a really nice backpack, but in just this feather light design. I've got to check that out. That sounds yeah. really interesting. Cool. I've always used those the the shoe bags that you get with your cycling shoes. You know the ones oh, with I've the little drawstring. I've done that too. I have a bunch of them. This makes that may, that this is just blows those out of the water. It sounds like it. It sounds yeah. like everything that was ever not quite right about that has yes. just been fixed. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, with all the riding alone that I've been doing, I rarely get to have a conversation during a bike ride. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that at all on the road, and I've only done a few mountain bike rides where we stop and take in a beautiful view and chat for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's this one overlook uh, at this mountain biking spot where one day I rolled up to it and there were actually five other people hanging out, but they were all spread out like cattle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, we kind of wave to each other and whatnot, but I mean, like that's literally the most people I've seen on a bike in two months. Yep. Um, so just so that I'm not always in my head, which I've determined is not always a great thing, even though I am a writer, Mm -hmm. uh, I've been listening to music now on the mountain bike. That means earbuds on trails when I, you know, at least on those trails where I rarely see people, on the bigger fire roads where I'm more likely to encounter, you know, other riders or hikers or whatever, I'll either turn the music way down or turn it off altogether with. Uh, but on the road, I've never been a fan of wearing earbuds, at least around here, because there's just, I feel like there's so much I need to listen for. Mm-hmm. So I've got this helmet from a company called Koros. Ah, oh, I have one of those. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a couple of years ago, I was sent a Coros Lynx, which looks mm-hmm. like uh, the Specialized Prevail. Mm-hmm. Um, and hmm? oh, Evade. Like- Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The Prevail was the other more normal looking. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got transducers mounted to the straps that pass in front of the rider's ears to play music. Um, and I continue to be impressed with how good the sound quality is. And because there's nothing that goes in the rider's ear, sensitivity to ambient noise is pretty well unaffected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed at how I can tell, you know, when cars are sweeping in a little too close in a band, that sort of thing. Um, you know, although I've also noticed that like some recordings that aren't done at the same gain levels as other recordings, like noticeably Emerson, Lake and Palmer, I can't listen to them on that because it's too quiet. Symphonic stuff that's super dynamic can't do it. Nope. Interesting. Got to, yeah, thumping. So those rock are and like roll. those are like the aftershocks that I talked about maybe two years ago at this point, right? Are they the 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 bone transduction kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right, because it's been yeah. a while since I since I tried that helmet. Um, yeah. yeah, it is amazing how well that actually transmits sound. Yeah, I, I I can see what you're saying though. Like it's, um, especially since no matter how you try to equalize your music, so it's all the same level. It, it just never is. You know, with mm-hmm. it, when you're playing it through your phone, I assume you're playing it through your phone. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, the other thing that I've noticed is like, you know, you can turn music all the way off, but if you've got earbuds in, you're losing a lot of high frequency sound that helps to inform directionality and other things about what's going on around you. Um, uh, sorry, background in recording and engineering. Uh, <laughs> so you completely lost me there. <laughs> okay. So, so where sound is concerned your greatest sense of direction for where a sound has come from comes from higher frequency sounds. Okay. Okay. All the low bass, like if you've got a subwoofer in your living room to go with your home theater system, you can put the subwoofer anywhere and you're still going to get the thump. You can't tell where it came from. Low frequency sound is very non-directional. It's all the high frequency stuff that's much more directional. And so when you think about how do you tell if a car is too close to you as it's passing before it's past you, it's all the high frequency sound. It's the sound of, of the tires uh, on the road surface um, and the, the noise that wind makes uh, mm-hmm. coming off the car. You tend to get a, 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 a thicker sound, richer in terms of uh, the frequencies that you'll hear when a car is too close to you. If it's further away, it's more just high end wash. And so, Anytime you put earbuds in, the first uh-huh. thing that you lose is oh, high frequency okay. sound. Okay. I, I have now followed you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, no, I, I couldn't tell if you were hole. talking about the direction of the Emerson Lake and Palmer or if you were talking <laughs> about the direction of the actual outside noise. Yes. Now I have followed yeah. you. Where the sounds are coming from. Right. Yeah. This is why I use one earbud. Like mm-hmm. that's my thing. So I have one yeah. ear totally open and one that has stuff in it but anyway yeah. yes please. yeah so uh i've become a big fan of the helmet all over again like it was hanging on a hook for a long time and i'd kind of forgotten about it and then one day mm. i was like oh my gosh another solo ride right, oh. and then i looked up at that and i thought i have music on my phone it i have helps that a app. lot oh my gosh so much better and really i mean this is a time when I do need to be careful about keeping myself outside of my head too much. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other handy thing is, you know, when this helmet came out, it was a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, the Coros links, the, the original model, the one that you and I have, it's just $50 now. Uh-huh. Wow. The model that came out after this one, which I was supposed to get, but, but never did. It's like 80 bucks. And then the, the two models, the road and mountain models that came out subsequent to that, uh, I want to say they were 129. They're even discounted from what their original introduction price was. You can so they're also all take discounted. a call on it. Not like I would, but you yeah. can. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there's the little remote thing that you can strap onto your handlebar that allows you to uh, adjust volume, uh, mm-hmm. skip a song or answer right. a phone call or pause the music. Mm-hmm. I just leave that at home. I put on music and I let the music play. 
I don't ever turn it down because if I turn it down, really that's that sound system at its absolute maximum uh, volume is right about the right volume. If I turn it down any, I really can't hear it all that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless I'm on a bike path, it's sheltered from wind pretty well. Right. And that doesn't right. happen a lot. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nifty little device. Uh, and this seems like a good time to remind people that there are other options out there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Uh, so are you doing anything interesting virtually, uh, this weekend? No, no. <laughs> I mean, just, I, I haven't really, uh, we've just been trying to find interesting new rides because everything's, you know, so close to home, trying to just find <laughs> stuff that we haven't done before. Unfortunately, and, our neck of the woods, you can find still roads that we haven't ridden. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's kind of cool, but no, we joined the Breck Epic thing too, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, take a look at where we're at with that and make some decisions, see what the weather is and just go. You? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I'm planning bigger rides. I, I've fallen into a new pattern here, uh, relative to my recovery. I'm doing bigger rides on Friday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'm going easier, like actually last Saturday, I skipped Saturday entirely because mm-hmm. I did like three hours on Friday and I did almost four hours on Sunday. There were stops in there. It was a mountain bike ride, mm-hmm. but I felt great on Sunday. Whereas previously when I'd done two hours reasonably easy on Sunday, I was still kind of wrecked. Uh, so I can't do Saturday and Sunday back to back long and hard the way I used to. I'm not in my forties anymore, but what I'm finding is with that day in between, I can do Mm -hmm. a bigger Friday and a bigger Mm -hmm. Sunday. And right now, since I'm not doing anything important on Saturdays, like grasshoppers or bike monkey events or (laughs) any of the other stuff I'm missing. Yeah. Whole new pattern. Fridays and Sundays. Great. That's, that's a good, that sounds great. And that just opens up Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to see what I can do in terms of like early and light and super easy. But if I settle into this, you know, the only way to get enough recovery is to skip Saturday. Okay. That might start happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, all righty, everybody. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Keep those questions coming. You all are sending great stuff. Uh, and, and great feedback as well, even after the questions, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've had... <laughs> I don't know what they've had. Uh, we oh, hope dear. you've enjoyed the show. <laughs> and if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week. I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.